0: turn with me in your Bibles to uh, the first uh, letter of Peter and chapter two we're just going to consider uh, this morning this theme of uh, belonging so that was a, um, a great choice a song to bring us to the word of God belonging let me tell you by way of introduction a little story true story when I went to emmanuel chapel in newport um, some just over two years ago there's an elderly man in the in the congregation called richard he won't mind me telling you this story and uh, richard throughout his life been a dedicated christian but also he would say that uh, his second love in life after the lord and his family is tennis and uh he is now currently, I think, 85. Is that right Viv? 85. And, um, and each time we, we've been round to Richard's house of late since I've been in Emmanuel, he's been challenging me to a game of tennis. <laughs> now I used to play tennis many years ago when I was young and fit and agile, but now look at me, um, I'm just falling apart at the seams but I'm tempted because I'm not quite half his age but I'm a lot younger 30 years younger I thought well I could give him a go and then young man in the church um, who's looking out for me and and he he put his arm around my shoulder and he said now Andy said I need to warn you even as at 85 he is still very good Really? Oh, yes. He'll have you running everywhere. He said, and not being rude, but um, you need to be careful. So I thought, right. So every time I've seen Richard, he's been, uh, when are we having this game of tennis? So I've been making excuses. Have you ever done that? Delaying the inevitable. And I didn't want to admit to him that um, I would be thoroughly ashamed and embarrassed losing a game of tennis to an 85 year old. I mean, I couldn't live that down, could I? Imagine that. Eight, I mean, 85 is really old, isn't it? <laughs> if you're 85, God bless you. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, then I did something which I shouldn't have done. So last weekend on the Saturday, I had a phone call and it was this young man from church who lives around the corner from Richard. And he rang me in the afternoon, he said, just to let you know, Richard's fallen and he's, we think he's broken his hip and we're waiting for an ambulance and I did, I said something I shouldn't have said in that moment I said oh well thanks for letting me know I said uh, do you need me do you need me to come round no no we, there's plenty of people here just wanted you to know and in that moment I said um, can you tell Richard I'm ready for that game of tennis <laughs> he went I can't tell him that I said oh he'll understand he's got a sense of humour and then I thought about it I thought well Gareth's mature there's no way in this world he would have, he'd have passed that message on so I went to see Richard straight out last Sunday straight after the morning service went down to the hospital in the, um, in the Grange and there he was in bed waiting for his operation and he's oh he said here he comes filled with confidence now aren't you I said what well, what do you mean he said I got the message oh I said Richard I, I have to say I don't know what I said you see, I, I'm, I'm still warring against the old man that lives within me. I'm, I'm so sorry. I said, that was not for your pastor as well. What a terrible thing to say. He smiled. He said, not worry about it. He said, I, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> so anyway, so we, you know, I apologize. And then we saw him in the week. And, uh, and he said his motivation for getting well, he's had, this, had the operation now. He's had a new, new uh, ball and socket, if you like. And uh, his motivation is to get well so he can thrash me in tennis. <laughs> so, we went and I went to see him. Was it Thursday night? And as we were leaving, I prayed and I said, Oh, by the way, I said, which, um, which hip is it? Is it left or right? He's in bed now. He can't move. He said, It's the left. Why do you ask? I said, oh, It's all right. Because when we do have that game of tennis, I'm going to throw everything to your left side, (laughs) see? Because I know, don't I? I know that there's potentially a weakness there, left side, which has made him more determined. (laughs) I won't see him today and that will be uh, great for him, not to see his pastor for a Sunday, but um, there he's in hospital. But I got thinking, isn't it? Richard belongs. That's why I'm telling you the story. He belongs uh, to the church at Emmanuel. He Belongs. He's a member there. And how is he a member of the church at Emmanuel? Because he has encountered the saving grace of God in his life. Now, in chapter 1 of of 1 Peter, uh, we're told that god in his great mercy has caused us christians to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead do you have a living hope this morning richard does and also on account Of this living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead look at verse 4 to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled unfading kept or reserved in heaven for you do you have that confidence this morning that's great isn't it and then look at verse 6 in these things we greatly rejoice though now for a little while Peter speak, uh, writing to these these early Christians that have been that have been spread, dispersed, and they're suffering, uh, and for their for their love of the Lord, there's persecution. He says, so that now you've been grieved, end of verse six, by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith can be tested, which is more precious than gold but may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So even the hardships we go through, even the trials, the sorrows, the tribulations, the anxieties, the tough times, and for Richard, falling and breaking his hip, All these things are part of God's divine plan in order that the genuineness of his faith and the genuineness of our faith can be seen to be real and genuine for the praise and the glory and the honour of our Father in heaven on account of Jesus Christ look at verse 8 this verse was given to me when I was 13 years of age on the evening of my baptism though you have not seen him that's Christ you love him though you do not see him now you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory And so if you're a Christian this morning, you, having not seen him, you love him. And one day you will see him. Your faith will become sight. And you will see him, the Bible tells us, as he is. And you'll be be totally overwhelmed by the glory, the splendour, the majesty of our Saviour. And that's for the future, isn't it? So this morning, we're we're going to consider belonging. Now, Richard not only belongs to the church at Emmanuel, he also belongs to the local tennis club. And if I'm serious about taking him on in a match, I can't just turn up like this, can I? I need to train. I need to practise. I need help. So I thought I'll go to another tennis club and I'll find out how I can get a game of tennis. Because if you want to play tennis and you want to be serious about playing tennis, you go to a tennis club, don't you? Is that right? If you want to play cricket, go to a cricket club. If you wanna play rugby, go to a rugby club. If you want to play netball, go to the netball club. So I went and I said to the man, I said, uh, I've come to inquire about having a game. He said, oh, sorry, you don't belong here. I don't belong here. No, no, he said, it's members only. See? So if you want to have a game of tennis here at, at this club, you need to become a member. Oh, I said, well, what do I need to do to become a member? And he told me, he said, well, what sort of membership are you looking for, sir? I said, what do you mean? There's there's more than one type of membership? Yes, he said. He said, there is social membership and there's full membership. And then before I could respond, he said, and may I suggest, sir? Call me sir, which which is great, isn't it? Never been shown so much respect in all my life. May I suggest, sir, ...that you take up the social membership. I was really annoyed. Deep down. (laughs) Smiley emoji. (laughs) I was deep, see? Then I thought... ...if we, and if what Peter's saying here is right... ...which he is, because it's God's words... ...if we truly belong to the church of Jesus Christ that we've experienced his saving grace at work in our lives, then we're in, aren't we? You see, we're either in Christ and a part of his church and we belong to Christ, or we don't. It's not hokey kokey Christianity, is it? One foot in and one foot out. And I want to ask you this morning, because it concerns me, that as I'm out and about preaching, and not just when I'm preaching at home, but when I'm out and about, are you really belonging to Christ? Or, I'm not asking whether you're a member of this church, but to be a member of this church, as far as I know, you need to belong to Christ. So the questions that we need to ask you is, is... There's only one type of membership in the church of Christ, isn't there? That you are fully in him. But I think amongst some churches and amongst some Christians that they've adopted this worldly approach. I'll avail myself of the social membership. In other words, I'll go to church in order for me to get something from church. So I'll go along, see what there is in it for me. And then after you've come along and you, you, you think, well, they're not really sort of offering me much, I'll go somewhere else. And you might even go on a church website and say, well, what is there for me? What can they give me? And we're going to explore this morning here, as we come to chapter two of this letter, that we're going to see together that actually, if we truly are belonging to Christ, and we truly are in his church, then the sense of belonging will not demand, the, the, the demands of my heart won't be, what can the church offer me? It'll be the exact opposite. It'll be, What am I able to bring and offer the church as as a a gift and as a sacrifice of praise to our God? We come this morning and part of the hallmark of belonging to Christ is that when we come, we come to give. We come to offer our, our praise and our worship to our God that we come to to give, to serve. Because what motivates us in our serving is our love for Christ. And if we truly belong to Christ, then, then our hearts are motivated in not just loving him, but loving people. Now, it's easy to love the lovely but a hallmark of true Christianity is to be be able to love not just the lovely, but to love the unlovely. To have time for anyone and everyone. To serve. I mean, Jesus said, I've not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. So as we come to chapter two, we have these questions. Firstly, how does one become a Christian? Answer, by turning from sin, by turning away from sin and self, and by faith, crying to God for salvation in the name of Jesus. It's repentance and faith. Repentance from sin, turning from sin, and exercising faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. How do I become a Christian? By repenting of my sin and placing my trust in Jesus. What does a Christian believe? This is important for us to understand this passage. What does a Christian believe? Well, here we have it. If someone in school tomorrow says, what does a Christian believe? How can we summarize what we believe? Well we believe that God sent Jesus, God the Son, into this world to save us because we are in need of saving. We are in need of being saved from our sins. That God in his love sent Jesus. And Jesus died for our sins, according to Scripture, was buried. He rose again and Jesus promises whoever believes and trusts in me for salvation will live forever. How does one become a Christian? Repentance and faith. What does a Christian believe? These things that are of first importance. Christ died, buried, rose again. How should a Christian behave? Here we go, we're getting into the meat of chapter 2. How should a Christian behave? Well, we firstly, with the help of God's Spirit, we put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander. In other words, God, by his grace, if we've asked Jesus to be our saviour, Lord and friend, then God, by his grace, starts a new work in us. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creature a new creation the old has gone the new has come and so the things that I used to love and to hold fast to and cling to now I let go by God's grace and with the help of his spirit these things no longer interest me why because I'm a new person with a new heart with new desires I belong to him he belongs to me this isn't just something that happens throughout my time here on earth I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone, but throughout eternity, belonging. So how should a Christian behave? Well, we see this, don't we? As newborn infants long for milk. Now, our youngest grandson, Oscar, he's about five months old is that right and you should see when he when he's hungry he doesn't want Bumpy so what's the matter with you when he's hungry he doesn't want Nanny he doesn't even want Daddy when Oscar's hungry he wants the milk machine (laughs) mummy because Young babies, they're craving milk because it nourishes them. It satisfies them. And an indication of whether you truly belong is, does this word, God's word, does it excite you? Does it satisfy you? Can you say, oh, this is by by reading, by pondering, by reflecting, by studying, it's done my heart good. This is food for our soul." This is the delight for the believer, that we can come to his word and we can can feed on his word. We can have a a feast on his word. And it satisfies and it feeds us and it nourishes us. It enables us to do something quite remarkable. It enables us to grow. Are you growing? It's not the question, I've been a Christian for a year. I've been, have you been, how long have you been a Christian? 40 years. Whether you've been a christian a year or 40 years or longer if you belong then you ought to be growing being nurtured by god's word not just with milk but we talk about the meat of his word but of course you don't f- i wouldn't feed or i wouldn't suggest that um, gwen feeds oscar a t-bone steak would I? because love him, me wouldn't know where to start with it but as he grows and develops, well, it is so for the genuine Christian that belongs, like newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That's a different um, version. I learned that as a child, that we might grow thereby, that you might, by it you may grow into salvation, that you understand that you're now experiencing the reality of God's salvation, the reality of his saving grace. You have tasted something of God. You have tasted something of his goodness and his love and his mercy. You've tasted the Lord and you know it's good. And you want more of him. Is that right? Yes, Andy. You've tasted his goodness, his love and mercy. And the more we get to know him, the more we want to know him. And the more we know of him, the more humbled we are, and the more thankful we are, and the more anxious we become in wanting to honour him with our lives. That's all through belonging. So how does one become a Christian? Repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. How does a Christian, what does a Christian believe? That Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again, how should a Christian behave well here we have it we put away all those things that so easily entangle we we lay aside all those things that that would hold us back that would become cumbersome in preventing us from running the race if you like of faith so where does a Christian belong And this is what chapter two is about. Now, here's a question for you. If I'm a shepherd and I tell you I have a flock of sheep, how many sheep do I have? Question, isn't it? If I'm a shepherd and I tell you I have a flock of sheep, how many sheep do I have? Do you know the answer? Anyone can answer shout it out That's the perfect flock Well the answer is more than one Isn't it I can if I have a sh- one sheep that's not a flock is it If I have one brick it's not a building If I have one limb it's not a body If I have one person that's not a family Do you see the point This is what this passage is about that if we belong to Jesus, we, we are part of something far greater. That we're part, and here are the metaphors. We, um, we, the universal church of Jesus Christ is like a body. See? And we all have a part to play. Christ is the head. The universal church of Jesus Christ is like a flock, and there's only one shepherd. That's the Lord Jesus. It's like a building, it says here. And so we're living stones, and yet he's the cornerstone that men, many men, down through the years, have rejected. And we just sung in that song there that, that we are now, on account of God's grace, on the authority of his word, that if we're in Christ, we're part of his family. We belong. Part of his body, and he, Christ is the head, so he, he directs all things, all wisdom, all knowledge is, is, is brought to bear through his body. We're all actively surrendering, submissively to serve him and to take his lead and to take his direction. And we say, Lord, show me the way and I'll walk in it. Is that you this morning? See, this is practical Christianity. We're not coming here for a theological lecture. We're we're taking biblical truth and saying, how do we live it? What does it look like tomorrow? You look great today. We've had a lot of fun. Knowing Christ is fun. But it's serious as well, isn't it? That we we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice. And so here we, we see these metaphors of a building being built up, uh, and that we are precious because Christ is precious, and all those Christ has died for is precious. We honor Him, we live for Him, the world rejects Him, but by grace, God's opened our eyes and our hearts to understand our need of Him. And so, what do we do? We exercise our trust in Him. Now, as we were driving up from Driving along the motorway from Newport. I heard this on the radio. Haven't heard this hymn for donkey's years. Do you know how long donkey's years is? A long time. Trusting Jesus every day. Whoa, I got excited. I nearly broke the speed limit. Trusting Jesus every day, even though it's a stormy way. Even when my faith is small, trusting Jesus, that is all. Pan Rhodes introduced it. I thought, well, good on you, Pan. Are you trusting Jesus, simply him, trusting him every day, for everything? <laughs> because we belong to him. He belongs to us. We're part of his family, his flock, his body, his church. Now here today, this is exciting, here today that you are the visible expression of his glorious church this is the visible local expression in Clydeck of his glorious church isn't that amazing wow so if I want if I want to see what, what, what does this church look like I should come to Clydeck and say well this is the visible expression of his of his invisible church so what do I see when I come what does, what does the Lord see when He when he looks in to this visible expression of his glorious church. Does he see men, women, children, different backgrounds, different characters, different personalities, but there's one thing that holds everything together. There's one thing that unites us. There's one thing that brings us together, that keeps us and inspires us and helps us what's that? Christ Jesus. And the work of his spirit. And the cause of the gospel. And so when we look at a a visible expression of his glorious church, we should see something of of Christ's fingerprints and evidence of Christ's love and grace and mercy in evidence and his forgiveness being seen and being reenacted. But sadly we don't see that do we not necessarily here but but generally speaking we don't always see it do we so what's gone wrong well we haven't heeded the opening verse of chapter 2 what's gone wrong that maybe we've taken up the social membership in our hearts rather than understanding who we are in Christ Jesus You may well be a Christian this morning, but I want to challenge you. Do you know who you really are? The scriptures say this, you are not your own. See, we live in a society when, you know, I am what I am. And I can choose what I want to do. And I want to just do it. Nike, isn't it? Just do it. I live my life and that's fine please self and sadly some of of that mentality and mindset has infiltrated the church let's be honest do you know who you are you are not your own you're his (laughs) you've been bought with a price the precious blood of Jesus Christ and there are tremendous privileges well I don't know I haven't sung it for a long time, but we used to sing, how vast the benefits divine which we in Christ possess. And it's very easy, isn't it, as Christians to to major on the benefits. But here's a call for us to, to focus on the responsibilities. There's a coronation coming up. My friend who lives in North Wales says, there's only one king. I take the point. But let's just look at the royal family for a moment. I I mean, there's just a, a dysfunctional family, isn't it? A bit like our families. Let's be fair, if we're honest, most of our families are dysfunctional. But what about the church of Jesus Christ? What about the family of God? Is that dysfunctional? it can be it shouldn't be so there's something wrong if it is it's because we haven't surrendered our all to him and we're not living a life of submission to him and his words and we're allowing things of this world to, to take a place in our hearts that is rightfully his called idolatry idolatry is anything or anyone that takes the rightful place of Jesus Christ in our hearts that's idolatry can you say he's king of my life and I crown him now thine shall his glory be so belonging are you a Christian do you belong do you know what you believe Do you know how to live and behave? There's responsibilities, isn't there? The the children and grandchildren of the late queen let her down because they didn't understand the responsibilities of being part of the royal household. What about our responsibilities of, of being part of the royal household? The royal household. living gracious, merciful, submissive, humble, loving, lives, all for him, all for him. And that's what it means to belong. I'm going to close now. That's what it means to belong. I met a young lady on Thursday I've not seen since I was a teenager. Now, the interesting thing is I had no idea who she was, but she recognised me. I'll let you decide whether that's good or bad. But she said to me, she said, oh, when you were preaching, you reminded me so much of your father. Mannerisms. You didn't look like him. You speak like him, you walk like him, you talk like him. It's amazing. (laughs) And he was a great guy, so that was was lovely. I said, I'll take that. Get this woman a cup of tea. But wouldn't it be amazing if people would say, look at her. Look at him. They resemble our heavenly father in heaven. They resemble Christ, his gracious and precious son. There's something about them that I read of in scripture. And when I understand and see with the eye of faith, my savior who I love, worship and adore. Wow, they resemble him. Do you resemble him who loved you and gave himself for you? Have you taken on the family image? Oh, I pray that our belonging is not just, as some Christians look at it, as like an insurance policy. So when I die, I'm okay. But our belonging really means something. That actually it means that we live differently. We're distinctive. And we live our lives. And we lay down our lives. Our sacrifice of praise to him. I trust you belong, and if you don't belong, you can belong. You can turn from your sin, you can place your faith in Jesus Christ, you can cry to him for salvation, and he will change your life, and you'll develop a a hunger for him and his word, and you'll then become like him, and you'll become humble, and you'll serve him and others for his glory.